Um, I want to start today with uh, with a professor. I think she teaches at uh, Rutgers, um, and um, she's a lawyer. And she was allowed uh, Katie Turr. I love Katie Turr. I am surprised that Katie Turr did not cut this interview short. Whether you agree or disagree is not the issue. What's the issue is understanding where she's coming from because her perspective is not only represented by much of what has already occurred, but the perspective that many people have. So I want you to listen to this in the spirit in which she spoke, and then we'll take it on the other side. Me now is Nora Arakat. She's a human rights attorney, Palestinian American activist, and associate professor at Rutgers University. Nora, the images that we've been seeing for the past six days, both inside of Gaza and the images of, of what happened to the Israeli citizens, both have been so gut wrenching, so difficult to watch. It it it, it makes it feel like there is a, a, an intractability to this fight. As you've been studying this. What what can happen next? Thank you, Katie. These are indeed gut wrenching image, images, but they are also preventable images and preventable mass atrocities. The condition that the largest crime in the condition that sustains this violence is the crime of apartheid and the apartheid system that Israel oversees and that the United States has been the primary supporter of in military, financial and diplomatic support. This is not something that can be solved militarily. This requires a political and a diplomatic solution, one that so many of us have been working towards. And yet what we're seeing in this very moment is a fomenting for absolute indiscriminate war crimes against Palestinians. You had a representative of the Israeli state on before you who was given a platform to talk about these military operations, despite the fact that Israel has targeted the Palestinian Red Crescent society has targeted shelters, sheltering the Palestinians, has targeted electricity um, uh, uh, sources, has targeted access to clean water. And yet here he is on your program justifying these war crimes, whereas you would never, ever allow a Palestinian representative of state, let alone of Hamas, on your program to talk about their military operations and justify them on your program. We have to be clear. If we want to protect civilian life, we want to protect all civilian life. If we want to apply the laws of war, then we apply all the laws of war across the board without exception. And unfortunately, we are hearing a very racist, dehumanizing framework that is justifying these war crimes against Palestinians. Can you justify what you've been seeing uh, happen to the Israelis? Can you justify, justify the images that? of the babies? I'm just, I'm who just... justifies that? Palestinians are the people who have been protesting nonviolently for decades. The Palestinian struggle for freedom is a hundred years old as they have been protesting against the usurpation of their land and their forced displacement. Hamas wasn't established until 1987. 
Palestinians have been protesting against the siege for 16 years. In 2018, 40,000 Palestinians marched week in and week out while Israeli snipers shot to kill them as the rest of the world didn't even interview them or ask them about their nonviolent resistance or the barbarism of Israel's response. These are the Palestinians. 34 U.S. states have made illegal boycott, divestment, and sanctions, which is the quintessential nonviolent tactic. And yet we are castigated as being against peace. Palestinians are leading a freedom movement and a future for everybody. What do you do? Let me ask you, Nora. You turn attention to Palestinians is in moments of these horrific mass atrocities where we're put in a position to have to discuss the violence against Israelis that are abhorrent. But there is violence against Palestinian dailies, even when you can't see it in this sensational world. So what do you world. do about Hamas? Do you, do, is Hamas a, a government that is functional and should, should remain in Gaza? Do you think that there's a coexistence between the Israelis and the clear. Palestinians want- with Hamas? I absolutely believe in coexistence. There is only one future. We either all survive together in mutual uh, existence or we all die together in this mutual destruction. There is no way forward. We have all got to exist together. What is the U.S. and Israeli plan right now? What do they plan on doing? Invading all of Gaza? and decimating it? How do you get rid of a, of a fight for freedom? This is a freedom struggle. It's not just encapsulated in one political party like Hamas. It is encapsulated across the Palestinian diaspora, across all Palestinian political parties. You cannot extinguish a struggle for freedom. The demand is an end of the occupation for 56 years now, a demand of lifting of the siege 16 years now, and a demand of the end of 75 years of settler colonial removal and replacement. There is a political solution. Human rights organizations have mapped out a human rights path, which includes sanctions on Israel because of its apartheid policies, weapons sanctions that they cannot be using indiscriminately against Palestinians. There is a political pathway forward. We have been urging all to follow it. We have to allow for spaces of hope with dignity for all people. This cannot be ended militarily. There are many people um, in Israel. There are many people uh, in in the Palestinian territories, West Bank and Gaza, who are are all for that, who want that. Um, And we've talked about the the current Israeli makeup of the government and the inability uh, of forging a path forward with Palestinians. We've done extensive reporting on that uh, on this show for the past week. but I have to ask you again, Wonderful. What, Thank about, you. what about Hamas? What do you do with Hamas? Hamas was established in 1987 in the midst of the first of what's known as the first Palestinian Intifada. They were established as an opposition to the Palestinian uh, to Fatah and wanted to wage a liberation struggle from the moment that the Oslo peace process was established, Israel began to besiege the Palestinians in Gaza by creating a perimeter around them. Hamas is a political party. We see them making political decisions as well. They've been portrayed as fanatical terrorists who are out there for primordial lust and and violence and hate. And yet 
Hamas is a political party that has switched its allegiances. We saw them become a governing party and not just a resistance movement following the Muslim Brotherhood in Egypt. We saw them leaving Syria and moving to Qatar in the midst of the Syrian uprising. They are eligible to be part of a Palestinian unity government, which the Israel and, and the United States have thwarted. We have to recognize so that you think they Hamas are not can to stay with others in a unity government. I you think Hamas can stay? Whether or not they can or cannot stay is not the issue because the alternative of what you're saying is that we decimate Hamas. And I have to remind viewers, Hamas is a political movement comprised of Palestinians who believe in a freedom struggle forward. They are not merely these sensational images that you see. The members of Hamas that you saw recently, right? I just want to make clear to people that these are not monsters who emerge from underground just wanting to terrorize Israelis. These are young men who have only grow, grown up under siege for the past 17 years, who have been subject to four large-scale offensive that have bombed them in their homes, that have targeted medics and hospitals and water supplies, that have refused them a future and told them that the only future they have is to remain in an open-air prison. We have denied them of hope. So when you say Hamas, we are actually talking about an entire generation of Palestinians who have been left and abandoned by the international community. I want us to shift away from focusing on a political party and remind people that this is about a Palestinian struggle for freedom. It far exceeds Hamas. It is not about Hamas. It is not about Gaza. It is about all of Palestine and all of Israel and about a future for everybody. I, I think uh, for those who don't understand that part that she's talking about Hamas, etc. What many times uh, propaganda, the way propaganda works is is the following. Uh, let let's take it outside of Palestine and and Israel altogether. But the way propaganda works is as is as follows. If I want to if I want to make sure that you don't that you don't exist or you don't win what you are attempting to do. I find everybody in you, that, that can be identified with you that's doing bad things. Or, and sometimes I even create bad things that I claim are done by people from your sect, if you will. And I make your entire group of people into that. And that allows others to see all people of your sect as evil and then dehumanizing you, destroying you becomes acceptable. I mean, why can I talk about, about it in these terms? Because as a person of color, as a black Caribbean Latino guy, we've seen that happen. We've seen some of the conservatives in this chat room use that same method because it's a it's a standard method that's taught and many that are doing it don't even realize that they're doing it the example is the criminalizing of the black man the criminalizing of the uh, latino man okay in other words you see crime you see black men you see crime you see latino and when you when you make that association, 
going forward, society in the aggregate can always then justify any bad thing that happens to that person. That's why police officers now can gun down an innocent person, an innocent black man, an innocent kid, an innocent kid with a plastic gun. That's why they can do it without the risk knowing that society in the aggregate is going to look at them and say, well, that person, because of who they are, must have done something bad. You have to, you have to be able to empathize with that reality. That is what we've done to many cases with Arabs in general, with Palestinians in particular. We have the terrorists that are a Muslim, right? And at that point, now whenever we see Muslim, we associate it with terrorism. But what is interesting is when you hear somebody say that most of the terrorism in the world are done by many, many people that you least expect. Was it terrorism? When, how many Panamanians died? I keep using that as an example. How many Panamanians died when we came and got Manuel Antonio Noriega on false premises? I mean, how many? How many? Uh, how, you know, when is that called not a military action but terrorism when, in fact, Noriega was arrested on false premises? And several thousand Panamanians paid the price for it. What about the Palestinians that, that are dying? You know, for a while, the, the numbers were a whole lot of our Jewish brothers and sisters got killed by those terrorists. And Palestinians was just a few, right? Because, again, it was a few terrorists that got killed. But the numbers come right back into form. The amount of dead Palestinians now has zoomed up to go past the amount of dead Jewish uh, people in Israel, Israel etc. It's not about condoning anything. It's about just asking to look at things from a human point of view. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to, trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.